to this week's bonus episode. Now, I will say, I think that no matter how many times you make the joke about how Jeremiah is a bullfrog, it's never going to be not funny. <laughs> okay. We, you know what? We've got a lot of episodes to go, so we'll see if that rings <laughs> true. But I'm yeah, with you so far. Yeah, it may eventually not no, be no, funny. No, no, no. Emily, 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 Emily. Oh, okay. Emily, Emily. Right. We are okay. never going to get sick of it. Okay. Our audience is never going to get sick of it. I'm just pointing out the fact I, that Jeremiah is a bullfrog. It's always going to be fresh and clean and funny and exciting. And saying so, always and never, you know, from our other podcast, that makes <laughs> me nervous, but just saying, just saying. Well, I'm here to talk about the song, which is titled Joy to the World mm-hmm. by the band Three Dog Night. So mm-hmm. this song was written by Hoyt Axton, who is not a member of Three Dog Night. Um, oh, really? Hoyt Axton. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Uh, he wrote a lot of hit songs, particularly in the 70s, but um, he and his mother co-wrote a number of songs together. And the most famous song that they co-wrote together was Heartbreak Hotel, made famous by Elvis Presley. Wow. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of their claim to fame, being this like mother-son duo who wrote this number one, you know, chart-topping pop single with Heartbreak Hotel. And then Hoyt Axton went on to write a number of other hits, but this one is included, Joy to the World. And so he pitched it to the band, to Three Dog Night, no one was into it. <laughs> How sad. Like, I know no one liked frog? it. It doesn't make They're sense. Like, mm, well, yeah. hold on though. That's a part of it. So originally the lyrics were Jeremiah was a prophet. What? Wow. Yes. What? Yes. It was Jeremiah the same Jeremiah. Was a prophet. <gasps> My mind is blown. Holy shit. What? Wait, okay, so how did this happen then? That's all I I love that. I love it. Let me tell you, information is a little bit thin on the ground, unfortunately. Uh, Yeah, supposedly, original lyrics, Jeremiah was a prophet, but no one liked that. The song in general, no one in Three Dog Night liked it at all. However, one of the members of Three Dog Night felt like we really need a silly song because I guess the band was really having issues with some okay. group cohesion. Mm. And they thought maybe having a sillier, more lighthearted song will help us get back into our groove. Okay. And I, mean, I, I get that. Basically, the rest is history because they wow. did this song that was intentionally a little bit nonsensical. Was and it supposed was a to be, huge hit. And it was a huge hit. I can, I can Everyone see loved it, though. It. Right? You have this song, like, Jeremiah was a prophet. And they're like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just it's like too religious, whatever. And I bet, like, yeah. they were just trying stuff and someone said Jeremiah was a bullfrog and everyone just like died laughing and they're like that's it that's the one (laughs) I guess he was he was a good friend of mine maybe but yeah you know it hit the charts Uh, yeah you know wow that's amazing it's one of the best selling singles of all time wow really Mm -hmm. oh my gosh that's Mm -hmm. awesome yeah so that's wonderful heritage that we are carrying with us. And it makes me feel a bit better about making that joke all the time, knowing that originally it was about Jeremiah the prophet. Wow, okay. Yeah. Gosh. I guess you learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I was trying to look up stuff about a prostitute's forehead and how how oh, one, great. How one might have the forehead of a prostitute. <laughs> uh-huh. So here's the deal. I started typing into Google you know, like what's prostitutes for? And when I got that far, it auto suggested for me prostitutes for Jesus. It's like, mm, what? Okay. wait, what? Okay, that's great. Okay, so I Good. clicked on that. Yeah, and it redirected me to a site called Hookers for Jesus. Okay, 
Okay. Which okay. is a nonprofit that is supposedly, you know, raising money and helping to get women who have been trafficked out of the sex oh, work wow. industry. Jeez, okay. Now, that sounds great. It However, sounds great, but yes, I've heard. However, that, yes. I have heard from people who are sex workers that this organization actually is not a good thing. And that basically it's like the idea is sound, right? It's like if someone's been trafficked, give them resources. They have these like programs where they'll house you and put you up and like provide for you while you're transitioning out of that and sort of reestablishing your life. But is that not Which, really what's going on? Well, I think, I it, think it, it is. You kind of, but but I think this organization and organizations like them kind of define everybody as trafficked. Exactly, that's part of the problem. That's the problem uh, is that what? they really propagate this idea that anyone who's a sex worker is being trafficked and is a victim. And so, in their and they're located in Nevada, um, you know where where some prostitution is legal. But they're actually really working against a lot of laws and activism and stuff that are trying to support sex workers who are sex workers not through trafficking, which is actually a a lot of them. Some might even say the majority who are trying to get things like healthcare or, you know, stuff like basic things that anyone in any job would want. And these groups are really working against that by trying to make this argument that they're all being trafficked. We need to save them from themselves kind of a thing. So it's actually not a good organization. Do not support them. I I do not recommend it. But what I found is that I found nothing. I found no one one has anything to say about (laughs) About prostitutes' foreheads. foreheads? They only care about... Not even any other alternate translations? Yeah, okay. So so commentary. the, the best that I found was other translations. And essentially, it's that, um, let's see, here's the NIV, says, you have the brazen look of a prostitute. You refuse to blush with shame. Hmm. So it's like still face-related, but really doesn't have anything to do with the forehead. Okay. Uh, the English Standard Version says, you have the forehead of a whore. You refuse to be ashamed. Jeez, gosh. Um, the King James Version says, thou hadst the whore's forehead. Thou refusedst to be ashamed. The whore's forehead. <laughs> Thou refusedst. <laughs> refusedst is the first time I've seen that word. Um, yeah, that they all are kind of like either just saying like a brazen face, like a bold face that's not ashamed. I don't know why the forehead's part of it. I, I can't find it. Maybe it was Do like. I think it was attached to like maybe at that time you would be veiled. I think that's if the you're deal. a woman yeah. or a married woman, where you'd be really trying to cover up your hair, if yeah. not your whole face, potentially depending on where you're at, and that's why that you just forehead hanging out everywhere like a prostitute. Possibly not even just veil, but like a, a, a you know a head wrap that's covering your forehead, yeah. even mm-hmm, if it's mm-hmm. not a full veil. I'm, I'm not quite sure, yeah. but it seems like it's that. It's more just like you're unashamed. You're kind of letting it all hang out. Hang out there. As it were. Yeah. 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 How dare you? So that's kind of all I found. That was a little underwhelming. But I did also look up Baal because... Uh, during our episode, John Michael mentioned in the chat that the word Baal also in Hebrew means husband or potentially slave owner. And so I was like, wait, That's what? That's really interesting. Husband or slave owner? Okay. Well, okay. Pre- be I mean, prepared. Functionally at that time, yeah. pretty it, similar. Yeah. One and the same. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Exactly. Okay. okay. So Baal means, what it means is owner, essentially. 
but was mm-hmm. also used to mean husband. So again, yes, the, the, those were kind of one and the same at that time. Uh, some things I found, though, that were interesting is, I guess, just realizing that, that Baal means owner, could mean husband, also means lord. Because uh, again, you're kind of being like the owner of something. Mm-hmm. And so, but I also learned that there's a feminine form, which is Baala, I think. I'll have to go find Ba'ala. that one again. It's a Baala, uh, which is like the, like the lady of the house or like the, the mistress of the house or something like that. Okay. But I think what's interesting about this is that because Baal was also a Hebrew word that meant Lord, it was sometimes used actually in verses that we've read that did not translate the name as Baal to talk about Yahweh, like about oh, him yeah, being that's confusing. Lord. Right. That is confusing. Yeah. So they were talking about like, there's an example here of the name Baalia, which is another like Baal-based name. Kind of like we've talked about before, their names but based on Baal. Feminine. I actually don't know. I don't know that for sure, but Baalia okay. means Yahweh is Lord. Oh, wow. So it's like, it's not so clear because this name means this other thing. Yeah. And so this article that I found talking about this was kind of saying that maybe some of the drama with Yahweh being so upset about Baal is that like there it's also kind of taking his like lord name mm. and using it for someone else <laughs> like that maybe that's and the fact that the metaphor of Yahweh being the husband and Israel being the bride is so common that like a husband like name for another god is like extra mm. offensive It's kind of like one time many years ago, I was dating this magician and he was trying to brand himself as Magic Mike and then the Magic Mike film came out and he was so upset about Ah, it. ah. (laughs) Now, if he'd been a better dancer, he probably would have just run with it and been like, he could have run with it if he'd gotten exactly if he'd gotten really good dance skills and like gotten super ripped and stuff that maybe he could have ridden that wave where he's I am Magic Mike, but I also do actual. Magician knee <laughs> tricks. He as really well as dancing. I think he really missed out. I think he really could have had something good there, and he kind of missed out on that. <laughs> you look like a magician. Wow. He well, this is the thing though, is he looked like a magician. Okay, like, well, yeah. Not not like not like uh, not like Channing, Channing Tatum. Tatum. Okay. Got it. Okay. I, I, have, okay. I have one last thing that was fun about Baal that I learned is that in Canaan, Baal was like Canaan was kind of his main home turf, as it were. Uh, and that there he was the god of life and fertility who was locked in mortal combat with moat. Mortal combat. Moat. M-O-T. Moat. Who we've not heard about, which is surprising. No. But moat was the Canaan god of death and sterility. What's sterility? Oh. Like the opposite of fertility. So Baal Wrong? is like life oh. and sex and fertility, right? Sterility. Sterility, yes. yes. Got it. And so they believed that fertility or whatever went in these seven-year cycles. And so in this battle, if Baal won, there would be seven years of prosperous harvests and things like that. But if moat won, there would be seven years of drought and famine. Wasn't this literally what Joseph predicted way back when he was interpreting dreams? Wasn't it also on that seven-year cycle? It was. So you can see like a lot of that crossover from Canaan religions into Jewish religions. Very interesting. Nuts. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Can I talk about camels and horses and donkeys? Oh my. Yes. Please. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> so we heard about these like running donkeys and running camels that were super in the heat. So they were just like running, running after sex. Yeah. Just like running after sex. <laughs> and more sex. Sex, sex, sex and more sex. So I was wondering like, how fast do these animals run? Because I've never like seen a donkey run and you think of a donkey as like being kind of not quick. Horses <laughs> are quick. You know, they run the Kentucky Famously Derby. so. Famously Indeed. so. Yes, quite. So their top speed, a horse's top speed is 54.7 miles per hour. That's really fast. I cannot really fast. imagine. That's very fast. Imagine being on an animal going that yeah, fast. Yeah, that's intense. I mean, I'm just thinking about that scene from Lil Nas's Old Town Road video where he's riding on the horse and racing someone in their car. They're doing like a drag race down the street and he wins on the uh, horse. Whoa. So there you I go. I haven't seen that, but there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the world record for a horse galloping over a short sprint distance. Was 54? Wow. Wow. Yeah, 54.7 miles per hour. So okay. that's insane. That's a lot. That's very fast. Um, but on animals.mom.com, <laughs> our favorite, you know, ever, our favorite website uh, in the world. I'm so um, jealous of I've, whoever got mom.com. I just can't get over it. Just really can't get over uh. it. I found out how fast a donkey is. So this is amazing. I love this so much. The fastest donkey is the Asiatic wild ass. Good. <laughs> also That's known good. as good. the Owinger or Onger. I don't know. O-A-O-N-A-G-E-R. Owinger? Onager can reach up to 43 miles per hour at top speed. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this is equivalent to the top speed of a thoroughbred racing horse. But yeah. unlike most horses, donkeys are generally not inclined to run at top speed and prefer to move at a slower pace. I because see. So it's kind of a matter of preference. It's not because they can't. Yeah. They just don't want to. I, I appreciate but that. They also, yeah, it's interesting. They... You know, they can carry really heavy loads. They're an ideal packing and hiking companion. And yeah, they just like don't want to run that fast. They're they're more specific on where they're going and how they want mm. to move. And they're more thoughtful in that way than a horse. Okay. A horse gets spooked. The donkey's like, whatever, like I'm small and short <laughs> and I can run very fast. So I'm fine. Mm. Now, camels, when I looked up how fast does a camel go? Immediately, it took me to a Wikipedia article on camel racing. Oh. Oh, boy. That's right, kids. Camel racing. It's a popular sport in Western Asia, North Africa, Pakistan, Mongolia, and Australia, Dedeker. What? There's camel racing here. I gotta go see it. Yeah, it's an event for betting and a tourist attraction. So, okay, camels can run at speeds up to 65 kilometers an hour, which is about 40 miles per hour in okay. short sprints. Okay, and so they yeah, can hold that's their pretty own. fast. They can maintain a speed of 40 kilometers an hour or 25 miles an hour for an hour, so they can run 25 miles an hour for an hour. That's really, that's pretty impressive. That's better yeah. than I can do. Impressive. Now, <laughs> yeah, here's the unfortunate slash, I found this a little hilarious part, that camels are often controlled by child jockeys. Oh. That's Whoa. fascinating. And 
This is upsetting, though, because, yeah, allegations of human rights abuse have led mm. to nationwide bans on underage labor right. in various places where this happens, yes. In modern camel racing, camels are often controlled by remote-controlled robotic whips. What? <laughs> what? Oh, so, like, not even a jockey? Like, it's a robot? No, yep. Not even a robot, a robotic whip. A robotic yeah, it's whip. just a little arm that's like... Not like a robot jockey, yeah. a robotic whip. Yeah. Whoa. Um, a major camel race, what? Yes. I, yes. I wonder, because I remember when we were looking up stuff about camels a week or two ago, that part of what I found was that like riding a camel, one of the challenges is that unlike a horse where you kind of, what's it called, Emily, where you like post up or something where you kind of stabilize yeah, yeah, yourself. Yeah, you're posting. On a camel, you don't do that. On a camel, you just kind of yeah. wiggle and sway. Hold because on it's, for your yeah. freaking life. And yeah. I wonder if it's I like... I can't imagine you can post on a camel. Yeah, they were saying like, know. don't. The stuff I read was like, don't don't try. You can't do it. Got it. Uh, but I wonder if that's why the child jockeys slash robots is just because like you put someone on there and they just they can't stay centered on it, and so it's just going to slow the camel down or throw them off or whatever. Yeah, I mean that sounds terrifying. I don't. I wouldn't want to run at forty miles an hour on a camel ever. Well, I found that yeah, there's some camel races in Central Australia in yes, July. The Camel so, Cup. Oh, there you go. The it's held Cup. in Alice Springs. Uh-huh. It's the second. Yeah, the second biggest right prize there. purse camel race in Australia. It's held annually and includes not only the camel races themselves, but also a collection of market stalls and other entertainment. Yeah, maybe I'll have to figure out a little field trip for myself. Do it, Dedeker. Yeah. Yes. How exciting. Yeah. Wow. Well, that, reading about all these horny camels just reminded me of a piece of trivia that supposedly, allegedly, the reason why we have IUDs today is because of camels on the Silk Road. That merchants uh, who were transporting goods across what? the Silk Road, if they had a female camel, they really didn't want her to get pregnant because she would slow down and wouldn't be able to carry as much. And so what I heard was that most likely a stone from a stone fruit, like a peach okay. pit or something. So would this be, is the stone fruit thing. Yeah, it would be popped into the camel's uterus, but I've also heard of it being just like actual stones. Now, I can't find an original source on that necessarily, mm. and so some people are kind of like, oh, is that true or not? We don't know, but that's the rumor. That's the legend, is that wow. we have to thank camels for IUDs. Wow. Well, thank camels wow. for being fast and... Also for IUDs. <laughs> and not getting pregnant. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Camel. <laughs> wow. Well, that was another array of information that maybe you didn't know you needed, but you did need. Is basically <laughs> where we're at. I'm excited because if Jeremiah is going to give us information like that, then who knows where this book is going to take us mm-hmm. all over the map. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this very first Jeremiah Drunk Bible Study bonus edition. And we'll see you next time, next week. Bye, y'all.